Let us pray together. Lord Jesus, we pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts would be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Oh my goodness, so many layers for these masks. Who's sick? Hopefully we're like four weeks away from not having to need these things anymore. Hopefully. Getting close, yeah. So the last few weeks, Kimberly and I have been watching a show uh, called Pioneer Quest. And uh, I don't know if anyone has ever seen that show. It was first on 20 years ago, and now it's on Amazon Prime. So it's about two couples who decide to live like pioneers in the 1800s in Manitoba. And so they leave their lives behind for a full 12 months, and they try to do this. And you might think, oh, wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? Like to, to unplug for a while and get back into nature and... Wouldn't it be great? Until you realize they didn't have toilet paper in the 1870s. They didn't have mosquito repellent in the 1870s. And the work was backbreaking. So early on in the episode, you're thinking those poor, poor people. But eventually they get into a groove. And one of the things that I've realized about myself in this whole watching these people suffer is that I like things easy, right? I like modern-day conveniences. I like, you know, painkillers when I have to get a cavity filled, right? I, I like uh, my couch, right? And just being able to relax and not have to stoke the fire two or three times a night. I like these things. But what if, you know, I think it might be, we would say that human nature is to go the easy route, right? Because that's our tendency, But I wonder what if true human nature is actually to learn greater and greater dependence on the provision of God for our daily needs. Because one of the things that that shocks me about this show is that they pray. They read scripture. They call upon Jesus. They're throwing out seed, not knowing what's going to happen. And, uh, you know, uh, Tim, one of the the guys in the show, he goes, in Jesus' name, grow. Right? (laughs) And it just, it, it's just amazing. What if our walk as Christians is not to find the easy way, it's to find the trusting way? And it might be uncomfortable, and it might be painful, but in the end, it's fulfilling because that's what we were created to do. We're going to look at the letter Paul wrote to the Corinthians today because he was coming up against a group of people call, he called super apostles, right? These, uh, these men who, who had it all together, they looked good. They were successful. They were like self-help gurus that you just want to be like, I want my life to look like, like that person. Like Joel Olstein on the cover of every book. <laughs> right? You want to be like that person. The problem with those super apostles, and maybe Joel Olstein, is that they're missing the point. It's not about looking perfect. It's not about having it all together. It's about learning to trust in Jesus and seeing that his strength is made manifest in our lives. So let's take a look. Paul is, is boasting here. He's continuing boasting. He's been, he's been making fun of these super apostles because they had impressive resumes. And so Paul said, well, I have one too. 
Do you know how many times I've been beat down or insulted or shipwrecked or stoned? You know, and he's like, what kind of resume are you really looking for? But when he comes to start, he goes, well, now I'll move on to my impressive spirituality. He stutters. He's not comfortable with this. He can't make fun of this, of them through this, because his relationship with Jesus is so precious that he immediately slips into the third person. You know, instead of jumping into, I had this really impressive vision, it was, I knew this guy once somewhere who had this really cool experience. Years ago, I knew a couple uh, in Newfoundland, and uh, they were nearing retirement, or they had just retired. I can't quite remember when. This is a long time ago. But at this stage of their lives, they went to a Christian conference, and they had an encounter with the Holy Spirit that just changed them. They were so on fire with love for Jesus. But there was a problem. They focused so much on that experience that they started to go from conference to conference to conference to conference. And you're thinking, this must be pre-COVID. You're right. They went all over the world, not because of the conference, because they wanted to recapture that experience with the Holy Spirit. And it was kind of sad because I was kind of like, wouldn't it be awesome if you were to take your joy and excitement and enthusiasm and pour into this church here like that needs you <laughs> instead of every weekend going off to a different conference? And I remember, I don't know, if, I mean, most people here I think have taken the Alpha course at some point, right? Not alone. Remember what Nikki Gumbel said about the Holy Spirit? It's not uh, the, the spiritual equivalent of, of a trip to Disneyland. <laughs> But the point of the gift of the Holy Spirit was to transform us into Christ-likeness. So Paul here, instead of being able to take this wonderfully intimate and powerful experience and just use it to defend himself or to critique these super apostles, he stutters. This is too intimate. It's too beautiful. And when we are, 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 I mean, all of us, I think, have this longing for that intimacy, that passionate experience with the Holy Spirit. Some of us have had it, some of us haven't. But to, to focus on the experience itself is really to miss the point. Because why? It focuses on our experience rather than on focusing on Jesus in the center and, and following in obedience to the calling he's called us to. Paul goes on to say, even if I were to boast, I wouldn't be a fool because I'd be speaking the truth. But I refrain so that no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say. Paul wants to focus on Jesus. When I was in college, we, uh, I had acquaintances who hated the prayer book. They just thought it was the worst book ever because they called it Worm Theology. And when you opened up the prayer book, you were saying, I'm not worthy, I'm a worm, you know, I'm not a man, you know, and this saying all this stuff. And I was like, are you kidding me? When you open the book, who are you focusing on? Who are you focusing on? Because if you're focusing on yourself, then who knows what you're going to do. But if the prayer book is all designed about putting Jesus in the center, 
And when Jesus is in the center, when we pray uh, the collect for purity, when we pray the collect or the, the confession, when we pray the prayer of humble access, the focus isn't meant to be on us, but on the goodness of Jesus. And in light of that goodness, we do need help. We do receive the assistance to, in order to, to come into the presence of Jesus to worship. Where is our focus? Paul didn't want people to look at him. He wanted people to look at Jesus. And so he said, to keep me from becoming conceited and, you know, puffed up with these wonderful experiences, he got this thorn in the flesh. A messenger of Satan. Sounds fun, eh? Woot. Yay, Christianity. What is this thorn in the flesh? People have speculated to say what it is. We don't know what it is. Paul knew what it was. And that's not really important what it was, but what was it there for? In describing this, Tom Wright, who is amongst being a theologian and other things, he's a historian, he he wrote about this. He said, uh, back in, in Roman times, a Roman general or emperor parading through the throng of cheering crowds at a great triumphal procession would have a slave in their chariot with them. And the slave's job was to whisper in their ear, Remember, you are mortal. The ancients recognized mostly that it's dangerous to become too elated. You could become guilty of what they called hubris, arrogant pride. And so Paul, too, has this slave whispering in his ear, you know, you still need Jesus. It's not about you. You need Jesus. What are the things in your life right now that you wish that Jesus would just take away? Could be a poor health for you or for someone you know or, or fear. I, <laughs> I got a, a call last night when uh, things were happening up at the Regent Mall and the report I got was gunshots were fired and somebody's dead and all this is happening. Well, none of that was true. There were there was a gun up at the mall. Yes, it was evacuated, but no one was killed. And, you know, but there was a lot of fear there. Wouldn't it be great to have fear taken away? Or reacting against things happening that you didn't want to happen? What if, instead of Jesus removing these things, he's actually reminding you, you need me. And no, it's not comfortable Yes, you're vulnerable in it. But this is training for you to walk in deeper intimacy with me. It's not about the easy road or you looking like you have it all together so you can be a flashy billboard for Jesus. It's about you walking in humble dependency on our God. Now, if these super apostles that Paul was testifying against had been writing this book they would have said three times i pleaded with god to remove this thorn from me and of course he did because i'm a righteous person so when paul said three times i pleaded with the lord to take this from me but the word i received was this and i think it's interesting paul couldn't reveal the vision that he had in the highest heaven but he could reveal the word of jesus to him My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Isn't there good news in that? 
when I hear this word, I'm reminded of what Jesus said in Matthew. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The good news is you don't have to have it all together and be completely self-sufficient in order to be worthy of God's love for you. The good news is God loves you right where you're at, and he doesn't want you to have it all together. He wants you to find that relationship of walking with him in trust and dependency. One of the cool things about Pioneer Quest (laughs) is that the first few episodes are brutal, but as you get into the middle of the series, these, these men and women come into their own and they come to love the life. They don't want to go back, even though it's brutally hard. When we practice this walking in trust with Jesus, it's brutally hard at first because it's something we need to grow in, to train in. But as we get there, we realize that there's no other way. We've had nearly, is it nearly 18 months of this pandemic? I've lost count. We've broken ground in ways that we never thought we would have to. And our archbishop and our parish development officer, Sean, for the last little while now, they're saying, you need to start looking to what the fall is going to look like if we get back to green. Do not expect that we're going back to business as usual. For a really good reason. People need to recover. People need refreshment. And they need to address the fear of being in a room full of people again. But here's the other thing. We could just say, let's go back to what we're familiar with and what we're comfortable with. Because that's self-sufficient and feels good. But I think that if we don't learn this from this whole experience, that no, we are actually called to walk with Jesus and say, how are we to be your body in this generation, in this context, Lead us where you want us to go, even if it's not comfortable for us. We just want to be faithful. I think that's where we need to get and have an openness and a responsiveness to the Holy Spirit to walk in that humble, vulnerable obedience. Can we pray together? Jesus, give us your grace that we may be filled with faith. Give us your grace so that we can follow you to rely on you and not on our own understanding or on what we're always familiar with or comfortable with. But Lord, help us so to to walk in step with you that we're free to follow and to proclaim you and to exalt you in our day-to-day lives. We ask this all in your name, Jesus. Amen.